Aloha and welcome to our very first Aloha Thumbprint podcast. I'm Ducky and I'm so excited to be sitting here with my very first guest. It's only fitting that that would be my husband, my partner in everything, Rhino Irwin. Thank you for inviting me. Well, welcome to my podcast. Glad to be here. (laughs) So, you know, you and I really are partners in everything and I like to refer to us and what we do as a missional marriage. Um, And through that, I think that there have been, you know, some times of discovery and that God has sort of made our path straight along that way. Can you go back for me in time about when we first embarked on our journey of working together? Um, I was at Swept Away. Tell me about that time. Well, um, it happened pretty much after our daughter was born. we had the the fortune, uh, the blessing to have you stay home with our daughter for the first year. And I remember you got very stir crazy and we're ready to get back <laughs> to professional life too. And so uh, at the time uh, you had wound down your involvement in the wedding business that you started. And I was at this transitional point where I was looking for some added talent to the company to bring in marketing skills and PR and everyone that I interviewed, I kept thinking to myself, I would much rather have my wife do this job. <laughs> and uh, I approached you with it. And uh, I, obviously, there was a little hesitation at first, but that was the, the beginning of what started as our partnership uh, working together and being married. Yeah. And through that, I mean, so many things have transpired. Uh, uh, just looking back at, I think, what was it, maybe 2017, 2018? when I started with Hawaii Unified. And originally, uh, one of the initiatives we had was called the Hugs Program, right? Um, That was when we would go out and partner with organizations and get into the community uh, to just kind of pitch in and lend a hand. And um, through that, we ended up having the opportunity to get involved with the Makaha Learning Center. How did that come to Well, the Hug Program was for, we created it for Hawaii Unified Giving. And uh, I remember that we were partnering with local churches at the time to uh, give away food and uh, help the houseless here in Sinai And I think what really kind of dawned on us, I remember my like moment when we were giving out the plate lunches and I looked next to um, one of the family's tents and they just had piles of empty plate lunch. Tons of styrofoam. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just felt like, wow, you know, this was a, a band-aid for today, but it's not making any transformational change and that we needed to do something that would be generational and do something that would make a bigger impact than just this moment. Yeah. So I know you obviously inside and out, um, and I know Hawaii Unified inside and out, but for a lot of people who are listening, they probably have no idea what Hawaii Unified is, what it is that we do. So back it up for me just a little bit and give people a little bit of a glimpse into what Hawaii Unified is, what it stands for. So, yeah, Hawaii Unified, uh, commercial construction company. We uh, got our roots in construction, uh, mostly working with the Fortune 50 retailers that were coming into the Hawaii market early, mid-2000s. And uh, we would help them open their stores. We would do the build-outs. And then we took on their management of their facilities ongoingly. And then through that, we got into uh, energy, energy efficiency, energy generations. So 
we've evolved a lot as a company. Um, we're located out here in Makaha. Um, when we first put our roots down, a uh, small little office. And over the last 18 years, we've grown to about a hundred employees and, uh, a large facility. And, uh, yeah, we're rooted out here. And Makaha is kind of a strange place for somebody to put down their roots and start their business. But we're still here in Makaha after, what, 17 years, something like that. What is it about Makaha that keeps Hawaii Unified here? Uh, at the time, I had just moved over from Maui and uh, I was looking for an affordable place to live close to the beach. And that's what Makaha presented, um, not really knowing much about the area at the time. Uh, so I just rented the the first office in Makaha that I could find. And then as our business started to uh, evolve and grow, um, our roots just got planted. And I knew this was, we were meant to be here. And I knew that we were a part of the community, uh, a beacon, if you will, because we were providing local jobs. And uh, along the way, we've had lots of uh, just feedback that it would, be, you know, people would tell us, why don't you move your business, you know, closer to town or whatnot and make it easier. But I really felt it was important that we're here and we stay here. I think for us, a big part of it really truly is about being, um, like you said, a beacon and being a, a rock for our community. And through that, you know, as we were able to realize uh, success and blessings with Hawaii Unified, um, out was birth the learning center. And I remember that time um, you had come to me with the idea that uh, of of taking over the learning center and it had no, no funding, it had no programs and it had no home. And it was like really not even what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to start from something scratch. I wanted to be like, let's make a church in Makaha, whatever. But you were like, no, this is it. We can use the skills that we have. And that's how we landed on the new mission of the Learning Center, which was to provide these opportunities, construction and trade opportunities for our um, disadvantaged youth and also our Native Hawaiians. So um, tell me a little bit about how that partnership between Way Unified and Makaha Learning Center works and why it works so well. Well, like, like you said, I think what we recognized is what the need was. Um, the need that we were challenged with as a company at Hawaii Unified was finding qualified, skilled individuals to hire. And we wanted to hire locally and we wanted to make a difference that would be lasting where someone can make a decent living and uh, stay in Hawaii, have a career path. And so, you know, resetting the Makaha Learning Center's uh, mission to being trade education, um, it just made total sense for us. And that's... Uh, that was how we embarked on it. Very challenging in the beginning. You know, with a nonprofit, you can have a vision. Um, however, it's hard to get people just to uh, support a vision. You have to have proof of concept and uh, you know fruits of what you've done. And so that's where Hawaii Unified uh, in the beginning really had to be the, the primary, uh, almost sole contributor to get the learning center off the ground. Yep. And I'm sorry, you're like making me, I'm going back down memory lane here and I'm getting a little bit emotional. I'm just thinking about it because through the learning center is how this whole journey with Aloha started, right? It began with us just knowing that we had to give and that we were so blessed that it would be 
It just wouldn't be Pono to not share that. And speaking of Pono, <laughs> um, we actually were introduced to Pono Shim, who became an amazing friend and mentor and shared his spirit and his mana'o and his practice with us. And so we were able to go through his um, cohort training and we we're able to experience uh, the Aloha response, which is where we really took a deep dive into the tenets of Aloha and not just the tenets of Aloha as they were described by Ansi Pilahi Paki, but also to explore the Huna and that secret meaning behind all of that. Um, I know for me, it was so incredibly impactful and I'm a completely different person today because of it. Uh, but I want to hear from you. What was your experience of going through that? I was just so honored to be part of that cohort. The fact that he put together a cohort uh, for just six of us to come out to Makaha and spend the time and share his knowledge of what Aloha is. I mean, it was eye-opening for me because, of course, you hear Aloha all the time being in. Right. Aloha sushi. Aloha shirt. You're wearing one. Uh, yeah. yeah, but the way that, you know, he just shared what it was and how aloha is perpetuated and what its true meaning is um it was just a breakthrough for me to really kind of get that understanding the deepness of the meaning of aloha and so i do want to take it a little bit deep because um you came here to the islands when you were seven something like that and you landed in maui and um, I remember you telling me that your experience of that time wasn't necessarily your picture-perfect idea of what aloha is. And yet you came back to Hawaii. So walk me through that a little bit. What was that experience like and what pulled you back? Um, I had divorced parents. My dad moved to Maui uh, to take a job there as a helicopter pilot. I moved there when I was seven. And it was a, a huge uh, change for me. I was used to being the majority, you know, as a as a Caucasian kid in California, Orange County, you know. And uh, um, coming to Hawaii, it was everything flipped on its head. Suddenly, I was a minority. And at the time in Maui, I, I was actually I lived up country Maui. It was very country. Um, you know, the population in Maui was twenty percent Caucasian at the time. And eighty percent. So, uh, I, by all accounts, I was very much a minority there, and I had a hard time in school. Um, I really did. I, I had, I got you know picked on and was called uh, all types of variations of <laughs> with other uh, colorful words in front of it. Um, however, you know, um, it, I just really learned a lot about you know what it's like to be bullied actually. And, um, at a certain point I, I chose to move back to California with my mom for high school, um, predominantly because I was not having a good experience to mm -hmm. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And then you came back and then I came back. Was it cause you knew I was here in Macaulay? Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, I came back because um, in high school in California, I, I was unfortunately going down some wrong paths in life, hanging around the wrong people. And I just got to this point where I knew that I needed to, I needed to make a big change. I need to, to get away from 
the place and the people that I was around. So I decided to come back to uh, Hawaii, uh, Maui in particular, and and start at Maui Community College and, and get in school. So that's what brought me back. And it was a little bit different experience by that time. Sure. You know, the one thing um, that really makes me so sad is that when I talk to the students at the Learning Center and we go through Aloha, what I'm hearing more and more is there's no more Aloha or um, I've never felt loved before. And that's why it's so important for us to make sure that we're actually sharing this message of Aloha and this message of love because there are people that really, really need to hear it. And if we can see and experience Aloha dwindling right here in the place where it was birthed and born, then that really tells me that it is more important now than ever to share about this, um, I don't know, what is it, like this unconditional living and loving. Um, And so, you know, I think the point of all of this is that end of the day, we're humans. At the end of the day, we all want to belong. At the end of the day, we all want to feel fulfilled and like we have a purpose. And that's what I love so much about the path that we're on. Because prior to this, even though I grew up in Makaha my entire life, prior to Aloha, prior to the Learning Center, I had not really felt connected to my community. I absolutely loved it. It was gorgeous. I mean, like, hello, the beaches and stuff. But now, um, you know, I can I can walk through Ohonua, Owai and I are houseless. And they know me. And people say, thank you for your aloha and thank you for the things that you're doing. And that's the one thing that I really, really would love for people to really catch, catch on, uh, catch a hold of is that when you give aloha, it comes back. So I know that, you know, we've experienced this many, many times in our life. And I just want you to comment on that a little bit about when you give, it comes back and how that has personally affected us i think you know since we really embarked center was a lesson in like i said in the beginning we as a company had to give the the starter seed money to get it off the ground and to make programs and um you know there's there's some human nature where you want to hold back um financially However, through that experience of giving, like what we experience in and in return, um, you could just see how God was working to continue to make an abundance of resources to continue to give. So not giving to receive, receiving to give. And we've experienced it, you know, through this journey so exceedingly that it just shows the power of giving and generosity. Um, not only do you, uh, does God bless you what you're giving, but the blessing that you receive and seeing the joy in changing someone's life. And even if it's just this much, um, there's nothing that I can really compare that to that feeling that you get, that you're actually making a difference in their life to, to give them something that, you know, they're, they're not used to receiving that love. Well, like I said, you and I are partners in everything that we and I could not imagine being on this journey alone. Um, and yet at the same time, we're unique and we're individuals. And that's where this Aloha thumbprint comes. It's just like you look at your thumbprint and everybody has a unique set of markers. 
And when I think about the Aloha thumbprint, I think about those ridges as being the ways that we give, the ways that we love. And so if you can um, share with me somebody in your life who has made an impact on you. It could be the little things. It could be... um, it could be just something that you remember that maybe wasn't even significant. And if nothing comes to you, then tell me what your thumbprint is. Um, I, I mean, really, my earliest memory of just making a pendulum shift in my life has been my grandma. Um, my mom had me young, and um, she spent a lot of time raising me or helping. To raise me. Um, in fact, um, my mom had two younger sisters, about 10 years younger. And they all called her mother. I called my grandma mother. And uh, I just remember she had like this old jalopy car. And <laughs> if I wanted to go anywhere with a, as a kid, I could always ask mother to take me. However, like I'd endure her chain smoking cigarettes and uh, riding in the car. And she would always have on uh, some form of, of, of Christian preaching on the, on the radio. And she'd always be preaching to and I think really what one of the, the lessons that she really put in me was that with man, things can be impossible. God. And I really held on to that growing up, that no matter what, like I could feel like I couldn't accomplish things, but with God, I could. And that really just helped me. And, um, you know, just having, knowing that with God's love, I can, I can make things happen. But also it showed me, you know, how to share that love with others and make things possible for them that may not be, you know, that may be impossible without it. Um, so that was one big one. Another one is, would have to be you. Um, in business, you know, it's, it's easy to operate in a gray area, um, you know, where it, you can do things and, and take shortcuts and, you know, get an, an edge or an advantage. Um, however, what I've learned um, through my marriage with you is that you're always constantly asking me like, you know, is that the porno thing? Is that righteous? You know, are, are you in full integrity in making that decision? And, you know, that's really just always, I have that lens and I have that voice, your voice. <laughs> in the back of my head when I'm, you know, looking at, you know, opportunities or, you know, projects or jobs and, and how do we approach it? And, you know, how are we going to, you know, overcome this challenge? And your, your voice is always, you know, are you operating in full integrity? And, um, that's really, you know, helped me a lot of just being my moral compass in a way. Like I, you know, I believe God uses, uh, a man's wife to remind him (laughs) of, you know, what he intends for us and, um, and how to act and, and operate. Uh, and then the other one that really comes to mind is, is my father, uh, always had a saying, and I'm pretty sure he got it from like reading a Tony Robbins book in the eighties when I was growing up. He always told me that, you know, people will overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and underestimate what they can accomplish in five. And, Really just, it's, can bring it all into perspective. If we look back to five years ago, six years ago, our daughter was born. And then for the first year you were home with her. And then the past five years embarking on this journey together, 
missional marriage, working together, the learning center, how much we've accomplished, but how much you've accomplished and how far you've come in those five years is just a, a testament to that. Yeah, just having that that drive and focus, um, heart really. It's a it's a it's a heart of love and giving that's really brought you to this point. I I kind of feel like right now this is a battle of the wills because I feel like you are using every word in your power to make me want to cry, <laughs> and I'm using all of my might to not cry. This, you know. <laughs> Um, wow. I just, I love that. And, um, that's why it's so important for us to just aloha where we are, because there's not a price that we can put on, on our impact. You don't know what your gesture, what your smile, what your words can do to somebody, to their day, how they can think back on that years and years later, you know? Um, and it's just about, being a good person and doing the right thing. And so I just, you know, I'm so thankful for mother. I'm thankful for, for Papa Rexy. I'm thankful for every person that has developed you into the person that you have come to be. And I'm thankful to you as well, because we've talked about the last five years and how things have shifted dramatically, especially in this season right now when, you know, there's the whole Mrs. Hawaii International thing. It's like being thrown into this washing machine it's a whole new world like you know I've had to lean on you a lot and in in ways that has shifted for us and I just want to thank you for being that support and just um really seeing the vision and knowing that that reason we're here is bigger than just me and it's bigger than just you and what we can do together is incredible so I think you've made an amazing first guest. Um, any critiques? Anything you want to add about Aloha? Anything that party words of wisdom? Um, I'm just thankful that God gave us this opportunity for you as uh, Miss is Hawaii 2023, Mrs. Mrs. Hawaii, <laughs> and running for Mrs. International. Um, cause like you said, you know, it's given me an opportunity to have a support. And I think in our marriage, um, you've mostly had that support role for me for many years. And I believe that God gave me this opportunity to kind of flip it and be a support person for you and what you're doing, uh, here. And so it's given me time to reflect and appreciate how much you've done to support me and, and what I've been trying to, what I've been achieving um, through these years. And so I want. Well, awesome. Well, I don't know how much further we could go into this. And I hope that you guys have enjoyed a little bit of a glimpse into Rhino and Ducky and what our world of Aloha looks like. And we just want to remind you that in everything you do, in all things Aloha, in all things love, and we just, Thank you so much for joining us. First episode in the bag. Mahalo. Aloha.